I, I, I think that to me, that's the challenge of marketing, right? Is how do you, how do you get people to have, how do you have something to say that's interesting to people? And so your job is you have to be able to get people to have conversations. Buyer behavior isn't the same and the old sales funnel is no longer relevant. So square two is smashing the funnel and encouraging businesses to think differently about their approach to marketing, sales, customer service, and revenue generation. Join us for season two of Smash the Funnel, the podcast. This season with an amazing lineup of industry experts will focus on revenue performance measurement and optimization. And now for your host, Mike Lieberman, CEO and Chief Revenue Scientist at Square Two. Hey everyone, welcome to season two, episode one of Smash the Funnel, the podcast. I wanted to take a minute to thank everybody who listened to or commented on and shared season one. We've had thousands of people listen to it and hundreds of subscribers. So we're really off to a good start. And as expected, a lot of people have enjoyed the the Netflix style approach to how we record and launch an entire season all at once. So with that being said, we're going to do that again. In season one, if you listened, we focused primarily on the changes to the prospect buyer journey, how it's no longer a funnel and how you should be thinking about it more as a series of cyclones. And we talked a lot about how our strategy, tactics, analytics, and technology has to match up to each of those cyclones to, cyclones to really deliver an amazing buyer journey to your customers and prospects. In season two, we're going to kind of dig into this concept of measuring sales and marketing performance, and perhaps most importantly, how to improve and optimize that performance. The more I talk to clients and prospects, the more getting real value from the investment in, in sales and marketing upgrades and execution is really, really important these days. So I wanna spend the entire season kind of digging into that topic. Today, I'm really thrilled to have a really special guest in the first episode of season two, Dave Gerhardt, VP of Marketing at Drift. The crew over at Drift are disrupting the sales and marketing space with their conversational marketing approach, and they have a new book called Conversational Marketing, and they're one of the more progressive MarTech companies around. So, David, welcome to the show, and thanks for joining us. It's really cool what you guys are doing, the whole Netflix-style approach. I just was listening to your intro. I, I love that. Uh, it's a great idea for a podcast. So, anyway, you come, I'm, a, I'm a little bit of a podcast and marketing and nerd, so sorry to, <laughs> to get excited. No, about no. That, but it's, it's very cool. It's all good. It's and, all good. Uh, I mean, you see a lot of people who post stuff like one episode at a time, like stream of consciousness, what they're thinking about. And we wanted to try to do something a little bit differently and yeah. think through it, have a nice theme and kind of tie it all together and give everyone, you know, seven, eight or nine podcast episodes to listen to all at once. So I appreciate uh, your, uh, it also, it also forces you to commit like as a creator and make it right. I, I think the biggest, the biggest mistake that I, you know, even I, I keep making is like, I, I have an idea. I do something for a couple episodes and then it dies. And so it's, yeah. it's, it's a good way to be like, all right, we're, we're in, we're committed. <laughs> sure. Forces us to kind of be disciplined. So let's like jump in the deep end. I mean, I read the book. It's excellent by the way, you guys did a really nice job with it. I especially love how, like the back half of the book is basically like a playbook, like literally like do this, then do that, then do this, do th then do that. So, you know, for people who might be a little nervous about how to get started and how maybe the technology is even a little intimidating, you really kind of made it easy for them to get started. So con congratulations on that. It, it was really good. Thank but you. For the, for the people that didn't read it, maybe you could start us off by giving us a little bit of the backstory behind conversational marketing and why it's so relevant today. Yeah, this is... This is like, so, so first of all, thanks for the, the love on the book. The, the reason we did the book is because 
what we're teaching the market is a whole new way to do marketing and sales. And what happened was like, people would say, Hey, do you have a link you could send me to that? And it's like, we end up sending like, you know, you send one person a video and then there's a blog post and there's a talk we did once. And so I love the book because it can literally just give you the book and it's, it's all there. It's, it's a, you know, as opposed to saying, here's a, here's a Google doc with 15 links in it. Right. It's, it's literally the book. So, um, and I also just love having a, a physical book. So the, the reason, the, the why behind conversational marketing, I'm sure we can get into some of the, the how also, but like it, the, the why is if you look at, if you look at the most successful companies of the last, let, let's just say decade, right? Um, why did, uh, why did, Am, why did Ama, Amazon put uh, borders out of business? Why did Netflix put Blockbuster out of business? Why did Uber and Lyft put taxis out of business, right? And it's really it all boils down it all boils down to me to kind of this one word which is now those companies connect us now in real time and that's how we all expect to behave and that's how everything like i have you know i i have literally i'm pulling up my phone i don't i don't it doesn't matter if we're on video or not but like i have uber and lyft on my phone and i use them like the way that i get a ride is i go outside and i i pull up both apps and I see who can get me the ride quicker. Right. Um, or my wife before this just texted me and said, Hey, can you, you know, can you reorder a bunch of diapers on Amazon? Mm-hmm. Boom. I did that in two seconds. Um, but then something happens when you go to a, a deal with a B2B company, especially in the marketing and sales space, you go to their website, you have to fill out a form and wait. And so in all other aspects of life, everything has shifted to be now, uh, except sales and marketing. But the, the bigger thing right now, it's not just the now piece, it's this whole shift from supply to demand. And um, this is what David Cancel, the, the CEO of Drift, who we wrote the book together, he always talks about like 10, 10 20 years ago, um, companies had all the power because they controlled all of the supply. Today, there is infinite supply in, in any industry. Take, take content, right? Every company out there today has a blog, has a podcast, is doing videos, doing social media. And so you can't really control, like, it's the reason why people don't want gated content or want to fill out a form because it's like, hold on, I could just Google that and get that from anybody else. And so today, customers have all the power. And so because they have all the power, they don't want to jump through hoops in order to talk to your business. And so if I try to figure out, you know, what you guys do and I Google your web and I Google you guys and I can't get an answer on your website, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to Google the next competitor and figure out whatever Google tells me and go there. And so people, people like you and me have all the power in the buying process. And so conversational marketing is really about matching that shift to how people actually want to buy today. Yeah, I could not agree more. And there's a lot of alignment around our kind of smash the funnel cyclonic buyer journey thinking and, and, and making sure that you're giving people the kind of experiences that they want where they are in their buyer journey. So in reading the book, I had kind of a strategy question for you. And basically, one of the things that I think we do well when we work with clients is introduce them to the idea that some of their back end of the buyer journey offers are either non-existent or misaligned. And what I mean by that is, you know, when you, you, you use your store analogy, right? So I go into the store and, you know, in, your, in, your, in the book, you talked about how like the short, the, there's no one there and the shelves are empty. And that's sometimes what it feels like when you land on a, like a poorly conceived website, right? You just can't find what you're looking for. But also sometimes when you go to a store and you're approached by a sales rep, you're, you're put off. And you basically, your defenses come up and you're like, no, no, I'm browsing, leave me alone, right? And I think as, as human beings, unfortunately, the, the more we get kind of ingrained in technology, the more we do want to be left alone. Like this is a pretty 
pretty serious concept when it comes to sales. Like the, you know, the sales team used to control the flow of information to their prospects. And now basically, like you said, the prospects are in charge and they don't really want to talk to anybody until they want to talk to somebody. So when we start working with our clients and we look at their content and you're right, it's gated and, and there are forms and you know, I get the difference there. But we try to get them to understand that you need content for people who are just starting that buyer journey and they're in an awareness stage or an education stage and they're trying to learn maybe about what you do. You need different content for people when they've kind of decided they want an agency, but they're not sure which agency is. So it's a different stage in their buyer journey. And then at the very end, when they've gotten all they can on their own, eventually they are going to need to talk to us. And my, my feeling with you guys primarily is what, what we would do is help our clients come up with a more compelling end of the buyer journey offer. So typically you see contact us or speak to a sales rep or request a quote, like all those kind of traditional salesy offers, which people don't really want because they, they know they're just going to get dumped on a sales rep's lap and they're going to get sold to. And I think that's what the beauty of your product is you kind of give them that ability to interact without having that salesy type interaction. So my question is, how do you balance that? Because there are still, like, I went to your website, you don't have any forms, but there are still going to be people that come to your website that don't want to talk to you yet, right? They don't, they don't want to engage yeah. with the chat bot yet. So how do you integrate those people? Because th that's the kind of the top of the funnel, right? Most people aren't ready to talk. How do you integrate those people so you don't lose them in your kind of conversational and formless conversion strategy? No, no, you're right. I think of, I think of a stat uh, from one of my favorite books called The Ultimate Sales Machine by, by Chet Holmes, uh, which is, I think, published in, in 2007. And he basically said 98% of the people that walk, 98% of the people are not ready to buy. Right. <laughs> right? right. And so, and so, you know, even if you have a uh, hundred thousand visit website visitors a month, only two percent of them are are ready to buy, right? That's that's what two hundred people that are that are going to be ready to to right. actually do something. So you're not going to be able to make a living off that. And so I, I I think that to me that's the challenge of marketing, right? Is how do you how do you get people to have how do you have something to say that's interesting to people? And so your job is you have to be able to get people to have conversations. And so. Uh, I, I think the difference is most websites treat you like, and, and we did this when we first started rolling out Drift on our own website. Basically, the only call to action on, on Drift was like, do you want a demo? Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> and like, that's also- That is really like most software companies, right? The demo rules the day and get me as many demos as you can. And okay, sure. well, do people really want a demo? They're, they're just looking around. They're not ready for a demo yet. Yeah, especially today, right? Like because information is free, it's like every website is like a nice, you know, a nice neighborhood. It's a, it's a warm day out and you just kind of, you're going for a walk with the family and you just pop in a couple stores, right? It doesn't right. mean you're ready to buy. Right. Uh, and so I think, I think the, there is, it's, this, is, this one's hard to answer because I don't have one secret like recipe, right? It's different for every business. But, but for me, it's all about like, getting more at bats and, and being able to have conversations. And, and I'll give you an example, right? One of our, one thing that we see that happens all the time with our sales team is they get quite, they, they get conversations that they would not have gotten if it was only a form there because filling out a form is binary, right? You either fill it out or you don't. But what happens with conversations is somebody can say, and I'll give you an example. One of our sales rep, a guy named Scott, he tells me over the summer, and I'll remember the story forever. He's like, I'm sitting on my couch. It's nine o'clock at night. I'm just watching Netflix and I have the Drift app on my phone and you know, I'm a sales guy. I like to make money. So I just kind of pull up the app every now and then see who's on the website. And somebody says, hey, and, and, he, and he says, hey, let me know if you have any questions. 
and the person says, all right, you know, I'm just look, I'm just looking around. I'll be all set. Mm -hmm. right. They come, they come back two minutes later and they were like, you know what? I'm actually thinking about going with a different company. It's amazing what people say, by the way, if you just give them an opportunity to talk, right? right. right? People in, in person, they don't want to talk, but over chat, over text, they just go. And so th th this woman's like, you know, I, I was going to go with this other company because it doesn't look like you guys integrate with Slack. So have a nice night. And Scott goes, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. We do. And he goes and grabs a link to help doc mm -hmm. video. He shows her long story short, they have a 45 minute conversation and she books a demo for the next day. Right. Mm -hmm. And so to me, that is an example of like the way that I, it's a conversation, not a form, right? right. If that was a form, she would have just assumed, oh, we don't do that. And so she's gone where Scott was able to actually help her out give her some answers, give away all of the control to be helpful. And then ultimately they, they booked a demo on that. That's one example. But, but also like we've tried to, we've really tried to, and I see companies do this all the time is try to integrate conversations and conversational marketing into our content. And so, you know, we need to like, our, the whole thing we want to do is bring marketing back to becoming a two-way communication channel, right? Marketing over the last decade became like, all right, we got a webinar next week. I'm going to blast this out to 50,000 people. God forbid anyone of them actually responds to this email. I don't even know where that goes, right? Right. Uh, and, so, and so that's what marketing has become where we want to bring it back. I want you to read an article that I wrote. And I want you to be able to ask questions uh, to the bot. And I want the bot to be able to give you, hey, if you like this post from Dave, you might also, did you know he hosts a weekly podcast with Drift CEO David Cancel? You might like it. Check it out here. And so um, one copywriting technique that I'm obsessed with that has kind of integrated into like how I always think about marketing now is if you look at all the great copywriters, the, the goal of the, the goal of the first sentence in any line of copy is what? Get them engaged. Get them to want to read the second line. Get them to read the right. second line. And, right. if, and then the goal of the second line Thank is- God to, I got that right. <laughs> no, <me>. come on. <laughs> the goal of the second line is to get you to read the third and right, the fourth. Right. And, and so I think of that when it comes to conversational marketing, right? It, it, it is all about continuing the conversation as opposed to like, okay, I'm going to go in for the big, the big ass now. If I ask for a demo, like either they want it or they don't. So yeah. I think it's about thinking about how you can integrate that into, into any, any, you know, I also think of- um. I love thinking about the concept of like an endless funnel where I agree that the funnel is going away, but just, you know, for the sake sure. of this conversation, right. Is what's the best time to ask somebody for more when they've already said yes to something else. Mm -hmm. Right. And so you said yes to register for webinar. Okay. Hey, by the way, if you, if you're interested in this webinar, you might also like this podcast that I did with, you know, with Cassandra Clemens, who's the marketing person at square two marketing, right? Uh, oh, okay. You got that podcast. Oh, you, you were actually hosting an event tomorrow. Like keep asking. And I yeah. think conversational marketing gives you that ability. Yeah. There's also a lot of talk about like rep efficiency and are they spending their time with the best opportunities? And I think you can make a pretty strong argument that if people are engaged in conversations, if they are asking questions, then those are the people that you want the reps talking to. So, yeah, I mean, hasn't, hasn't like one of the, you know, pro like the proxies that people have used in lead scoring been like time, like, yeah, sure traditionally the longer someone spends with you the more likely they are to become a good like they you they they went to our conference which is eight hours right versus they went to a webinar which was an hour versus they you know requested a demo which was no time like i think it's always been weighted that way so i'm with you yeah. got it good 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 really good talk about how this uh should be changing the way we're thinking about how we go about this so look i want to i want the this season and, and my, my talk with you to be focused on metrics so Obviously, conversational marketing it introduces some unconventional metrics and some metrics that maybe we haven't been thinking about before. So if we're trying to come up with metrics and KPIs for sales and marketing, what are some of the measures that you look at 
Adrift? And what are some of the measures you think leaders of sales and marketing organizations should be looking at going forward? So uh, overall, the, the, the thing that we look at is, is number of conversations, right? Because we, we want to we want to have more conversations. And so instead of looking at form submissions or downloads of content, we're going to look at, you know, a uh, number of conversations on the, on the website. And so if I was starting a new company or, or whatever, looking at drift on drift, I would say, show me how many people came to the website this month and how many of those that we have a conversation with. Then out of those conversations, depending on the type of business and what we're focused on, I, you could split that out into com- bot versus human conversations because the bot might handle 90% of the, co- the questions that your people don't need to answer. Um, so that, that would be, that's one, that's one place. And I'm happy to stop there if you, if you want, but you know, ultimately the, the metric that we think about the most is speed, right? Is the time because the, 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 the real value to me of conversational marketing is not, you're going to get more leads than forms, but it's about speed, right? If you go back to everything that we said earlier, the people that are going to come in and, ha- and, and chat on your website are people that already know who you are. Like nobody is laying in bed on a Saturday morning just casually browsing B2B companies' websites or mm-hmm. looking at agency websites or whatever industry you're in, right? Today, people are there for a reason. They clicked on an ad. They saw you, sp- they saw you speak in an event. They listen to your podcast. And so, you know, you want to have a you want to have a wider net and allow people to have conversations. And so if you can have more conversations, people are going to be more likely to buy. The people who have conversations are already somewhere in the buying cycle. And so we've seen like in our own funnel, for example, we've seen opportunities. We've seen people that come in, come in uh, as leads via drift turn into opportunities five times higher than other sources. So mm-hmm. webinar event, you know, whatever, uh, people that come in via drift conversations, five times higher, do they, they convert into opportunities for our sales team. So when you're talking about speed, are you, are you thinking like click to close kind of speed, like from first conversation to, to close, that's a metric that you guys are looking at in terms of days or yeah, I guess it'd be days. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And you can, you can break that up, right? So it could be, it'd be, it could be, um, you know, website visit to lead, mm-hmm. lead to demo, demo to, or, you know, lead to opportunity opportunity to close. Like what is the, what is the cycle time for all those things? Um, because that's, that's the whole, like well, the reason we talk about the word now so much is because, because this matches the way people buy there. It's not 10 years ago where they're showing up on their website and they're like, I'm not sure I need, I, I don't even know what you do. I'm not sure. Tell me, or, or I need to go to a webinar. I need to go to a demo, right? Most people are hearing about drift for the first time off of our website. And so by the time they walk into our store, they've already heard about us. And so the, the, the speed is going to be much faster than like, okay, we know that step one is they got to go to this webinar that we do every Thursday. Then after that, we're going to put them in a two week nurture campaign. Like that stuff is, we're not seeing as much of that happening as it, as it used to um, Versus like, it's like add, adding this now button to your website where all of a sudden people that are there are able to raise their hand and have a conversation with people on your team. So are you looking at those cycles in each of those stages? Are you looking to see if those are increasing month over month? Uh, or, or does it eventually kind of plateau when you've kind of got this thing all set up the way it's supposed to? It, it should, so I, I don't know. It's different. It's different for, for every business. We haven't, we haven't thought to look at it month over month. We, it, it's just kind of a metric that we look at across channels so we can look at the, the channel effectiveness. But it's, that, that would be super interesting to slice it that way. Hmm. So talk to us a little about the channel you're talking about. Like what are some of the different channels and maybe some of the differences in the performance of that speed metric that you talked about? 
Okay, well, just in we've we've been able to like we like so so in our industry there's a lot of most most companies have a you know request a demo button on the website right mm -hmm. yep. which is like the the craziest one to me because these are literally people that are raising their hand saying i would like demos like mike i want a demo of your thing and the way that it works on most websites is you fill that out you get an email that says great you're confirmed uh for four o'clock next Thursday because that was the earliest time that, you know, our BDR team could be available to talk to you. Right. And so you have to go through this whole process. And, and sometimes there's, there's often like a hiccup that time doesn't match with my calendar. Uh, I kind of got bored and then like I had to go to three meetings and do a podcast interview. And so by the time that's all happened, I'm like, eh, do I really want to spend 30 minutes on Thursday doing this freaking demo? I don't want to. So or what about, you know, the time in between always scares me. Like when, <laughs> when we meet a prospect and they're super excited and we're like, okay, well, we'll get the recommendations back totally. in four days. Like I know that as soon as we're done that meeting, our chances of getting that deal is going down and down and down and down and down until we meet them again. And hopefully we can get them re-energized and nothing happened in between that time that we talked to them. So I, I'm completely on board with staying connected with them and having those continued conversations and keeping them from straying off and, you know, deciding to do something different. Yeah. And, and, and the other thing is like, this can happen 24 seven. So you could, you could be, we could be in Boston, you could be Australia in Australia. And while, you know, our sales team is sleeping, somebody comes in, books a meeting on the website and the bot, and they literally roll into the, the, their day that morning. And they're like, Oh, I have a call in an hour that just got booked last night. And so mm -hmm. just, just like, it's the way I think about it is like removing, we talk about this a lot at Drift, which is like removing the digital paperwork, right? Marketers want to do like, I want to do what I'm good at, which is get people to our website. I want to get you into our store. Salespeople, what do they want to do? They want to, a good day for a sales rep is when they're on the phone, when they're selling all day long, not putting stuff in the CRM, not doing call notes, not, you know, creating decks and use cases and blah. They want to sell. They want to be on the phone. And so like, I think that conversational marketing can be that piece in the middle that, you know, kind of connects all the dots and say, Hey, let's, let's take everything else and just let these people talk. And that's, and we can take care of the rest of the middle. Nice. I, I love that. So one of the lessons we learned at square two a long time ago is that optimization around the program performance is absolutely critical for program success with our clients and today's marketing and even some of the sales stuff we help clients with, you, you don't just turn it on and sit back and, you know, let it run and, you know, your, your job is finished. Uh, talk to us a little bit about some of the optimization techniques you guys run at Drift in terms of Drift's marketing to continue to improve the performance of either your website or, sure. you know, whatever is the techniques and tactics you guys are using there. So we have one, uh, we have one secret weapon and, and, and her job is, uh, her name is Sarah and her, her job is she owns drift on drift. And so meaning like she runs drift on her own in her own company for a while I did it and it was awful because mm -hmm. <laughs> I just, I, you have to pay attention to it, right? Like this is like, this is the biggest myth in marketing is like, there is no silver bullet, right? If you right. want to get better at any channel, Hey, I wonder why my landing pages aren't converting. Well, are you testing and optimizing them? Right. right. Like it's the same thing. And I think people still forget, like you don't just like put this thing on your website and magically like there is some magic. It is amazing. But if you're not a great copywriter, if you don't know how to create offers, if you can't be compelling, like, you know, the question, like I, I, I talked to a lot of drift customers and every now and then you'll get someone who's like, Dave, this, this isn't working. 
and I'll be like, well, let me pull up your website. Can I, can I take a look? And I go to the website and the, the, the welcome message from, from the bottom, the website is like, hi there, how can I help? <laughs> and it's like, there's nothing wrong with that, but that is what 99% of everybody is saying, right? right? Whereas like, what if the bot was like a little smirk emoji and it, and it only showed up on your third website visit and it was like, hey, you come here often, anything I can help with, right? Mm-hmm. Like copywriting is so important and, and I think marketers sweat, like traditional marketers sweat the, the title tag of a, of a landing page and meta description, but they don't know that, um, and this is partially our fault for not teaching it, right? We're getting there now, but like th- there's a hundred characters in a little preview display in a bot. I would be like sweating what is in that hundred characters the same way that I sweat like a subject line or an opening line to an email. I want to sweat what that, what that is. And because the example that I use is I say to them, I said, Hey, if you change your website message to say right now, Hey, click here and I'll give you 500 bucks. Like, do you think you'd get more people to click that? Of course, of course, yeah. of course you would. Right. And so the same, like, you know, discipline or whatever principles of marketing uh, apply. And so, so luckily we have, we have Sarah who, who sits there, who, who owns this full time and, and is like, she's, I don't know any of the metrics because Sarah knows them all, right? Mm-hmm. Sarah could tell you, I, we should have had her on with me because she could tell you the, the, the conversion rate on her pricing page, right? The conversion rate on the get a demo page, the, mm-hmm. Hey, we just added a, we just added an email capture bot to our blog post after the second visit. And that's converting at blah. And so she is thinking about that all the time. And, and it's just like any other marketing channel, right? I'm sure you have people ask you this all the time, but like, if you run the same ads for three months, eventually what's going to happen? They're going to plateau. Right. Even if they're great freaking ads right. because right. just freak, reach and frequency is eventually going to get stale. And so yeah. the, the same thing is true for our bots. And, uh, and so, you know, Drift needs, I think the, the best, the people using Drift the best are the ones who think like marketers, not who think like I'm using conversational marketing. This is just going to like magically happen. But if you match up like the creative, you know, funnel thinking type of marketer with conversational marketing, that's where like the amazing stuff happens. And so, so Sarah testing some of that copy, like diff- running different well, tests yeah. on your intro bot copy to see which one does totally, get better. Totally. Right. Totally. But and just the, like you would do AB tests on landing pages or subject lines, you're doing the same kind of exercises on yep. it. Each yep. of the scripts would be in the software. Yep, but the but the, here's the cool thing, and and I, I'm writing. I got to write down a bunch of these because I'm giving a talk on this. And this is giving me a, lot, a bunch of ideas of stuff that I should talk about. Mm-hmm. But um, the, the other thing is like, so so there's two ways that she measures tests. She she measures the data, right? So to make sure that this is statistically significant, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But also she sees what people are saying, and so if the bot is programmed to do something that's kind of silly. She'll have like, she'll know within 10 minutes of somebody like trying to register for a webinar and they're like, wait, what? Huh? This doesn't work. Hello. And she's like, ah, shoot. And she can go in right in two seconds and change it and fix it. And so that's like, you, you get both sides of that, right? You, you get the, you get the data to have confidence that this test was real and working, but then directionally, you also have people who just don't get it. And so, so it can also, it's also an amazing conversion rate optimization tool. Excellent. So I wanted to ask one more question before we wrap up, and that has to do with uh, sales and marketing alignment, right? It's a big issue still going on. You know, this, the idea of the Hatfields and the McCoys and the sales and marketing teams constantly feuding, like I do see it starting to loosen up a little bit, but mm. I also see a lot of companies that just don't work together as a revenue team. So talk to me a little bit about what Drift does to, to get sales and marketing on the same page. It seems like a 
you know, even the drift tool itself and the conversational um, philosophy itself almost demands that you have sales and marketing really closely aligned. So talk to us a little bit about what you guys did at Drift to, to make that happen and keep that alignment going. Yeah. So, so one thing, you know, and, and we did this really early on and I just basically, I was the first marketing person here and you know, early days, it was like we had one salesperson and then we had two and, and really quickly we had like five or six. And that's when I started to feel, feel the pressure, right? It was like, I got these five, six hungry sales reps. We got to, we got to make sure they're fed. Right. Um, and so when, when Armin, our VP of sales joined, he started meeting with the sales team daily, obviously. And, uh, I, I noticed they had a, they had a stand up every day at the end of the day, five o'clock, they all stood up and they kind of talked about, you know, wins from the day challenges, and I just started like going to that meeting and that was the thing that clicked for me about sales and marketing alignment, which is like, I had no agenda other than like, I want to be, I want to prove myself and I want to show them that my, I want to be the marketer that the sales team loves, not the marketer that they're like, I never know what he's doing. Like, right. I just see Dave like just sending out like stickers and stuff. And so, and so I would sit there and, and listen to them and, and hear that and hear two of them say, okay, so I did two calls today. They were great except both people got hung up on this. And that's where I could be like, wait a second, did they know that we could do this? Hold on, what if I make you two slides for tomorrow that show you know, the pain versus gain and, and how we can help you get over that objection? And they're like, you, you would do that? I'm like, heck yeah, sure, why not? And so that's just one example of like, we, that was more important than like any problem that we solved. It was more to just show like, hey, I got your back and you guys, you know, we, we're in this together. And so that meeting grew over time to, you know, as the marketing team grew, there was three, four, five people on the marketing team sitting around with 30, 40 sales reps at the end of the day, kind of sharing their wins and losses. And so that was something we did very early on that, that I couldn't recommend enough. And, and now the way we've taken that is just to stay close. That's helped us build a relationship. We, we can't do it now at scale because we have like, you know, 80 sales reps and, and 20 people on the marketing team. And so it's a little bit harder to like all kind of hang out at the end of the day. But I think we have this culture of, you see somebody on the sales team in the kitchen, you're like, hey, do you have any calls I can join today? Like, I have no agenda. I just want to listen. Mm -hmm. And I think that, like, I try to listen to a lot of calls. I try to be on a lot of calls because ultimately, if I can't sell Drift as a marketer, it's crazy to think that our sales team should sell it. Like, my, I think every marketer should have to sell in some capacity to really get the, get the empathy of, of having to do it. And so, um, there isn't one perfect answer, but, but it all comes down to, like, relationships, right? It's just like you know, it's just like with people at work, you could have Slack, you could have internal wiki, you could have Google docs, you could have meetings, huddles, all this, but ultimately only problems get solved by like rolling your chair over and saying, Mike, you got two seconds. We got to hash this out. And so I think it's been the same approach that's, that's helped our sales and marketing team get on the same page. Additionally, the thing that aligns everybody is a metric. And so if the marketing team is gold on leads, mm -hmm. then I'm just going to be incentivized to throw a bunch of crappy leads over to the sales team and tell them like, follow up with them. Um, but we, we, you know, we have a shared, the metric that we own as marketers is meetings. Mm -hmm. And so the marketing team's job is not lead is not traffic. It's not leads. The number that we commit to deliver to the sales team is X number of meetings every single month. And there isn't a salesperson in the world that, that wouldn't, that wouldn't want that. It's like, okay, you're going to get me meetings. And so all I have to do is get on the call. Like, I think we can agree on that. So we're, we're, we're aligned or we're incentivized and aligned around the right stuff. Yeah, I love that as a shared metric. What do you consider that? Like a conversation to talk about the software? Is that what a meeting is? 
Yeah, there, there's there's a there's like a you know a couple of like loose criteria on the on the back end that they have to that they have to do it. You know, it's it's they have to have a they have to get, give a demo, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Have a have a conversation where they they talk about drift and there's some you know. So the demo is part of that meeting. The software has to be shown. Yeah, yeah, but what's interesting. And this might be interesting just as part of this conversation is like we've changed our sales process is like way different than a company of two or five years ago would have been where, you know, the sales call, there's a process. And and if you're on a demo, Mike, I'm going to take you through this. 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 And then at the end, I'm going to make sure that you're ready to go the next step. Mm-hmm. Like that's bogus. Mm-hmm. Like nobody wants to go through that. And I, and I think about a lot, like everybody's so busy today. Nobody wants to be sold to. I think it's a miracle to actually get somebody on the phone for 30 minutes to pitch your thing. <laughs> like it's crazy. Why would somebody do that? And so, um, we've shifted our sales process to, to basically be something along the lines of like, Mike, I know you're probably crazy busy, but I got to ask you like, you know, why would you take 30 minutes out of your day to get a demo of drift? Like, what are you looking to get, get out of this mm-hmm. and just let it go right? and see where that takes you. And so, um, we also have this like, advantage which is we use drift is what books all of our demos and so the cool part of our sales process is like i can be like hey mike you know uh you basically kind of already seen a demo of drift because that's how we booked this meeting so was there anything in particular you want to talk about and then if you want to dig more in the back end i I can show you so right yeah we work with a fair amount of software companies and i have this saying that the demo is where the deal goes to die generally because like, you know, <laughs> totally, yeah, they, totally. they book an hour meeting and I'm like sitting there and I'm watching them like click on the software and all I'm doing is getting confused and frustrated. And, you know, I think what you guys are doing are, is probably akin to like, uh, okay, well, what, you know, what are the areas that you're most interested in? And then you show them that little snippet that directly deals with what they are concerned about. And they already did have some experience with it because they used it to get engaged with you guys. So you're not really doing a traditional demo per se, but you're, you know, pointing out some features or showing them some some ways to use the tool that that deals with a direct issue or question or challenge that that they might have it's so much more, uh, so much a more efficient way to talk about software and, and get someone to connect with it you know our goal as salespeople is to get these prospects to feel safe with us right and the demo is actually contrary to that because if i get confused or lost or i don't think this is easy because i'm just watching you click around then the last thing I want to do is buy it. All I right. want to do is like ask more questions or look at other products, you know? Yeah, it's crazy. You, you almost have to like sometimes be careful like not to show too much, right? Cause Absolutely. You're Absolutely. like, I just showed you about something that you didn't think you need. And now yeah. you have this weird like social psychology thing of like, am I buying more than I are right. they charging me more even though I don't need it all? So yeah, it, it is crazy. But we, we try to like default to to being helpful and, and, and really be like, look, what do you want to get out of this? And obviously like, any good salesperson does control the process a little bit. Like my, my wife and I bought a car, a new car about a month ago, and I don't know that much about cars, right? And I think most people buying software, you know, I roughly know because I'm in marketing about software, but like whoever's in sales at that company should know more. And this guy was great. And I actually believe that he knew his stuff. And he's like, look, um, trust me, you're going to want this. But he earned, he earned like a ton of points and credibility with me because I actually bought a car that was like $10,000 less expensive than the initial model that I was looking at. Mm-hmm. And he was the one that convinced me to do that. Right. He right. said, Hey man, he's like, you got, you got two kids, like, you know, two kids, you 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 don't really need all that. You just need this. And so mm-hmm. why don't you, you know, I think it'd be better if you get this one. I was like, wait, really? What, what sales rep in the world just told me to spend less money. And so, um, I think you do, it's a, it's a, it's a balance of, of being an expert. Ultimately it comes down to being an expert. There's a great, I did an interview with um, 
this guy, Lauren Paddleford, who, who runs sales at Shopify Plus, which is like their kind of enterprise business. And, and he, he, we talked about how they train their sales team at Shopify. And he said, you know, the, the way the mental model we have is like, we want them to be great tour guides. And so if you land in Toronto and you've never been to Toronto before, you want somebody that's going to be like, Mike, all right. Oh, you like fish? We got to go try this place. Yeah. And then, uh, oh, this hotel bar is amazing. Like yeah. you, great. The best sales reps today are like tour guides. They yeah. don't treat, they don't treat you like idiots. They take you where you need to go. Yeah. We actually teach our clients to uh, basically run a guided sales process is what we call it, where the reps really start to think about, you know, the, they're like Sherpas, you know, I'm trying to get you up to the top of the mountain, right? No, don't step there. You'll, you know, the ice will collapse and you'll die. We want to go this way, right? You know, it's, it's March. It's the, yeah. uh, there's a waterfall over there now, but you wouldn't know that unless you had someone guiding you. So yeah, completely agree that the, the, the reps that guide are going to be the ones that, that do the best, right? Answer questions, explain why they're going in a certain direction, educate you and make you smart and give you a really great experience. It's a very, you know, that the guide metaphor is really perfect. David, this has been great. Thank you so much. I don't want to take up any more of your time. Your, your information has been insightful and really practical. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, in this episode, we talked about identifying goals and KPIs for marketing and sales with Dave Gerhardt, uh, VP of Marketing at Drift. In our next episode, we're going to talk about how to measure key revenue metrics in today's complex sales and marketing world with Angie O'Dell, Director of Marketing at HubSpot. We're going to talk to Angie about how HubSpot looks at revenue metrics and how you should uh, be looking to innovate uh, the ways in which you measure revenue KPIs at your organization. You really won't want to miss the next episode. David, thanks again for joining us. We really appreciate you having you and let's go smash your funnel. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. Smash those funnels. We'll see you later. <laughs> thanks, Dave.